Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We come to you with Calvary greetings and the living word of God. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Spirit of living God is bestowed upon me. He has anointed me to preach the good tidings. God has sent me to Let us pray. Our everlasting Father and our God, we thank you for another opportunity to learn at your feet. Thank you for your care for our soul. Father, we pray that your word today will glorify your name and bless our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. The topic of our message is, Are you adorned in the wedding robe? Are you adorned in the wedding robe? Our lead text is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 22. We read verses 1 to 14. Matthew 22, 1 to 14. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle were killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his own farm, Another to his business. And the rest sees his servants treated them spitefully and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burnt up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, Go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So, those servants went out in the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there who did not have a wedding garment. 
So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Brethren, this parable is one of the most appropriate parables for today's situation in church and Christian practices. Let's look at those invited. Those invited. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verses 11 to 13, John 1, 11 to 13, that he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who are born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Christ came to rescue the world from the bondage of sin. Everyone expected that where the gospel was being preached, it would be received with joy, especially being preached by Jesus Christ, who is physical son of the soil. But from this passage, it's obvious the opposite was the case. By all expectations, the gospel propagation was expected to start from the Jews and spread through to the corners of the world. They were supposed to be the great revivalists and evangelists. Yet, that did not happen. In John chapter 1, verses 10 to 12, John 1, 10 to 12, it confirmed that he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. God's people were those invited to the party. They were invited, but they had no time for the gospel. Yes, there were many heroes of the gospel by virtue of the activities of Jesus Christ on the street of Jerusalem, Judea, and Co. But much more was expected from a country that hosted our Redeemer. Till tomorrow, go to the city of Israel. You will struggle to see a Bible to buy, except at the tourist markets. This rejection gave a world of opportunity to the world at large. These are people on the streets. Those who ordinarily were seen as outcasts, these are the people whose generation cannot be traced to the Levites. That is exactly where our group comes in. People who have been written off by all predictions. Those whose forefathers were pagans and idol worshippers. They simply got the opportunity of entering the feast at the unknown wedding. My father told me the story of my grandfather. When I was born, he came to our home rejoicing. He said he had gone to find out from the gods that he will be a great blacksmith. He then gave an Ogun name. Today, 
I'm not a blacksmith, but an engineer. Glory be to God. God is wonderful. By grace, many made it to the decorated hall. They were seated and served drinks and food. Then some started misbehaving after eating the bread that they did not bake and drinking the wine that they did not buy. Are you among those taking the grace of his call and decoration upon your life for granted? They were ushered into the white hall, but they carried the pig or moderate to the hall. A man with grace to be appointed, a head of state, or a governor going to jail thereafter because of greed. Is that God's fault? An ordained pastor still taking advantage of members in fornication and adultery. An usher or treasurer in the church dipping their hands into the treasury. Bad and condemnable attitudes. Pastors falsifying church records. Matthew chapter 22, verses 11 to 13. Matthew 22, 11 to 13 says, But when the king came in to see the guest, he saw a man there that did not have a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in there without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If the king of kings should come today, what will happen to you? As a shepherd, what will happen to you as church leaders, as a member of the choir, as a trusted leader in the society, either in politics or economics or social organization? Are you not betraying your position? What is your attitude? Have you taken up the new attitude of Christ, which is the garment of the wedding? Or are you still wearing the attitude of that old man? Apostle Paul in his epistle to Romans, chapter 6, verses 5 to 7. Romans 6, 5 to 7 said, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Hallelujah. If you are lucky to be called to this place of honor for the salvation of our soul and becoming an heir apparent to the throne of grace, our attitudes must change. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. The Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In the ministry of reconciliation, 
Total forgiveness becomes an easy task. Living a holy life through the help of the Holy Spirit becomes very easy. Sanctification becomes easy. Evangelizing becomes a first nature. Kingdom works becomes our attitude and first nature. We become a totally changed person. Sin then becomes an abomination to us. Why did the party organizer throw out those who had no wedding gown and not sit them in one corner? Yes, the kingdom of God is ruled by a standard called holiness. The Bible says in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, Luke 9, verse 62, that, But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand on the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Wow! This is similar to seeing the light and running back into darkness. It's a great experience to run from darkness into the light, not otherwise. That would be an aberration. This is a betrayal to wine and dine with Christ and yet continue in sin. Such people cannot feign ignorance of who Christ is. No, it's rather seen as an abuse of the greatest privilege of the working and relationship with the Holy Spirit. Many do this under the assumption of the period of grace. God cannot be mocked. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, Galatians 6, 7, it says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. This message is a forewarning to all. Are you outside the wedding hall and cut off from the grace of the great honor of salvation? Or are you by grace inside the hall but without the right robe of honor, you are the troublemaker and the silent snake in the fold, perpetrating all sorts of evil in the church. Time is running out to change your attitude. Many who came to seek refuge in the fellowship of God are asking, is this what a church should be because of your attitude? Your words and character should lead people to Christ not to drive them away. Examine yourself today. Where you see and you know you are incomplete, let's start confessing to God. He is a merciful God. He has the power to forgive and redeem. Ask for a new heart of flesh that will serve God in humility. Ask for a heart that will worship Him in holiness. Ask for a new attitude that builds the church not the ones that builds your ego while scattering fellowship. The church auditorium today is filled up, yes. Majority of worshippers are people looking for miracles. Nobody is telling them to drop the luggage of their evil characters. Their contribution in exchange for the miracles is the attraction. More of a stock exchange house. The owner of the wedding is coming for inspection. He will pursue traders and exchangers in his house. Jesus said in the book of John, chapter 2, verse 16, John 2, 16, that, and he said to those who sold doves, 
Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Money is being used today to get positions of influence and such positions are being used to oppress and frustrate others in the house of God. Matthew chapter 22, verses 12 and 13. Matthew 22, 12 and 13 says, So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Brethren, let's all go back together to our God. Let's beg for his mercies. Father, be merciful unto us. You have no delight in our failure. Please, Lord, have mercy on us. Forgive us for taking your house for granted. Forgive our unclean hearts and unloving fellowship. Please, Lord, give us another chance to be washed clean. Grant us a loving heart and a clean spirit. Do not bundle us out of your presence, Lord. Have mercy upon us, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have pleaded. Amen. We want to appreciate your patience and interest in listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed. Kindly help share with others. You can also listen to this and several other messages before this through our podcast streaming codenamed Voice of Trinity. God bless you richly. Amen. Let us pray. Our loving Father and our God, we appreciate you. Thank you for your patience with us that we are not pursued out from your presence yet. Thank you for this message. The hearts to love and obey you to the end. Please grant us, Lord. All our mistakes, Father, please forgive us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The grace to be the rallying point to the glory of your name in our fellowships, in our church, in our worship. Please grant it to us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Anyone being clad in filthy rags, 
that doesn't glorify your name, let them be washed clean now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In your kingdom, Lord, please make a place for us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen.